Well, hello. Good evening, y'all. Y'all look good. Amen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so tonight, I'm going to, oh, she already got it there. Okay. Transfiguration. Do you look like Jesus? That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Amen. Amen. So the first uh, verse that we're going to open up to is 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. So this is talking about us being transformed unto the very image of Christ. Amen. So this here isn't talking about your spirit. For when you're born again, your spirit's already made perfect. You're already, your, your spirit is as perfect as perfect gets. Now this here is talking about the rest of you. <laughs> it says, but we all with unveiled face, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Everyone say same image from glory to glory. Just as, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So I want to break that down. And to break that down, we're going to jump up to verse 14. So four verses above that, it says, <clears throat> But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. Verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Verse 16, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 17, now where the Spirit, or where the Lord is, what? Now the Lord is the Spirit, sorry. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I was jumping ahead. And again, verse 18, I'm going to read it again. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So if you look at that word, unveiled face, I'm actually going to turn there in my Bible. If you look at that word, unveiled face, it's the word in the Greek, anakaluptu. Anakaluptu. That's the word unveiled. So really, if whoever's preaching doesn't give you the Greek root or the, or the Hebrew root, are they really preaching? Nah, really, not really. I'm just kidding. So that word is anakaleptu, and it refers to not a one-time unveiling, but once lifted, remains lifted forever. So what, they're act, what he's actually talking about here is the veil being lifted from your eyes, from your heart when you were born again. How many in here can say when you would read the word or you'd try to go to church but before being actually born again? There's people who go to church aren't even born again. Let's say you've tried to do the things of God or tried to read the Bible before you're, you're, you were actually renewed, before you were actually born again. And it was like hard. It, you didn't even understand. What is this saying? Pre-Holy Ghost, you read that and you're like, what is this even saying? But you had a veil. You had a veil that was covering your heart. And so then uh, that word transformed, are being transformed into the very image. That word is metamorpho. Metamorpho. It means to transfigure. And so meta is an exchange. And morpho, with two O's, is outward form. So you put it together and it's transfigure. This same word is when it talks about Jesus being transfigured on the mount, same word, and also the same word as Romans 12.3, if you could pop up Romans 12.3. 
For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself. Wait, nope, not Romans 12.3. I gave you the wrong uh, scripture. Where it says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Sorry, I gave you the wrong scripture. 12.2? 12.2, thank you. One more. Okay, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word right there, same word. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Metamorpho, which is where we get the word metamorphosis, right? Totally morphing from one thing into another. And so when something morphs from one thing to another... It was one, there's a changing process, and then there's the end result of now it being something totally different after it has changed. And so when we go back to First, uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, our main verse here, being transformed to the same image, there's a process where you're actually transforming to look just like Jesus, but that end goal is to look just like Jesus. Although there is a process you're going through, there's a process to get there, yes. It doesn't mean as soon as you're born again, if you don't look, sound, smell just like Jesus, and it's done for you. There's a process, but we have an end goal of looking just like mirror image of Jesus himself. Amen? That is our goal. We're not we're not aiming for some look. We're aiming to look and sound, walk, look, act, look, talk just like Jesus. Amen. As a Christian, that is our goal. Amen? Amen. So we're being transfigured to look just like him. So I've read that before and I thought, okay, we say this a lot from glory to glory. We use it in other things too, not just the scripture. We'll say, oh, we're going from glory to glory. Amen. And it's true and it's good. But Sometimes if you don't stop to think, what does this actually mean? We can get caught up in Christianese, right? This language that Christians use and not fully understand it. If you don't fully understand it, you don't grasp it, your heart doesn't grasp it, you can't, act, you can't walk it out. If you don't truly understand the meaning of it. And so we're going to look at what does that mean from glory to glory? Because that word glory, we use it a lot. I use it a lot. I walk in a room and I'm like, glory, because it's good. But this is actually a different word than what you think it would be. So this word glory here in the Greek is doxa, D-O-X-A, doxa. So it actually means a good or valid opinion, a judgment or a view. You're going to be like, what? But I'm going to take you there. You're going you're gonna to understand it. So it's like a judgment. It's like a view. Um, can you set that up for me, please? Thank you. We had a preset agreement. <laughs> so <laughs> that word doxa the actual base word of it is dokeo, dokeo, D-O-K-E-O, and it's to think, to seem, or to suppose. So it's like, okay, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, Nikki, can you grab the markers from the office, please? I didn't grab those, thank you. <laughs> uh, and so it's all referring to attributes or an appearance. So, for example, Chloe, you're just right here, so perfect, you look at Chloe, she looks like a girl, she sounds like a girl, she smells like a girl, she's a girl, right? So <laughs> the attributes or the appearance gives you the answer. Okay, she's a girl. So, so uh, looking at what this word actually means, glory, doxa, go to 1 Corinthians 15, 39 through 41. Thank you. 
15, what did I say, 15, 39, 39 and 41, not through. Okay, so right here, this is going to seem like, what does this have to do with anything? It's going to come full circle, I promise. So flesh is not the same flesh. There's one flesh of men, one flesh of animals, fish, birds. We can all agree that they're not the same, right? All different kind of flesh. Okay, go to verse 41. Here he says the word glory, though he's using the word glory. This is doxa, the same word. He says there's one doxa of the sun, another doxa of the moon. He's saying there's an attribute and there's an appearance that distinguishes the sun from the moon, from the stars. Different stars, they all differ in glory or in doxa, in appearance. They all differ in in their attributes. So if you go back to... uh, 13, uh, 318, 2 Corinthians 3.18. So what it's talking about here from glory to glory, it's saying from attributes or appearance to the next attribute or appearance. So I'm going to give you another example. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Oh, sorry for the people on the sides if you can't see. So <laughs> I'm going to start to write something. I'm going to start to draw something. And as I'm drawing, I want you to tell me what I'm drawing. I'm talking about call it out. Don't have to raise your hand or nothing like that. Call out what you think I'm drawing. I didn't start writing yet. Y'all already calling out stuff. <laughs> All right. I know we got some competitive people in here. All right. I'm going to start off. Oh, yeet. Not that one. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. We're going to use pink. Hopefully y'all can see that. All right. <laughs> Car. Okay, all right, we got a lot. Moon, sun, circle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I know I'm throwing y'all off now. <laughs> a donut. That's a geometric donut right there. <laughs> no, no one has said it yet. This is kind of lopsided, my bad. Okay. Oh, I kind of ran out of room here. (laughs) It is a turtle. (laughs) Yes, it's a turtle. (laughs) If someone else is in here, an artist, and y'all want to come show me. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all got stuff to say. All right. So, thank you. It's a cute turtle. (laughs) So... (laughs) The end result, the end goal was the turtle, okay? But it went from glory, it went from an attribute to another. At first, it looked like a ball. Then it looked like a soccer ball. And then it looked like whatever y'all were calling out, a donut. And each time we were adding something, it went from one doxa to another doxa to another doxa to another doxa until we got to this image, which is a turtle. Amen. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) So what it's saying here is that we are being transformed into the same image from doxa to doxa, from attribute or appearance to attribute or appearance. So I'm going to, oh, I thought this was about to fall. So in the same way, I'm going to draw something else, but in the same way, it's like saying, it's like saying, okay, so we got a circle, right? It's another circle drawing. All right, so this is you being kind. Now this is you being patient. Now this is you, what's another example? Being quick to obey. This is you praying for people. This is you soul winning. This is you, I don't know, doing all these things. (laughs) 
looking like Jesus. Okay. It's a bear. I don't know. It's a bear. <laughs> Thank you. So it's going from doxa to doxa. It's going from glory to glory to look like Jesus in all of these steps of you appearing more and more like Jesus in your walk with God. You're going to look more and more like him in this walk that you have with him as you obey him more, as you do his word. You will from doxa to doxa, look just like Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's powerful. So, uh, you can take that. Thank you. <laughs> so, a lot of times, we talk about in here, I would say, we talk about our thoughts and our imaginations, right? Pastor Daryl has preached on that. I've preached on it in there. We talk about that a lot. And it's good. And we're going to keep talking about it. Because you don't just hear something once and it connects. You need to keep hearing it. We also talk about a lot about words, right? In this church, you ought to know. If you don't know by now, to, to guard your words. To speak the words that the word says to speak. Amen. If you don't know Mark eleven twenty three and 24 by heart by now, then I don't know what you're doing here. You must be sleeping. So we talk about thoughts. We talk about imaginations. We talk about words. But I want to get to this third step, actions. Amen? So that is actually the steps it goes. When you, when you go to act out something, first it's in your thoughts, it's in your imaginations, and then it's in your mouth. Now you're talking about it. Now you're speaking it out. And now you're actually doing that thing. That is the flow uh, getting to the action part. Well, we're going to talk about the action part. Amen? Amen. So do you, do you want to have what they had in the Bible would you say you read it and you're like, I want to do what they did. I want to, I want to have what they have. I want to see what they saw. You want to see what they saw? You have to do what they did. You say and you hope and you want and you say, I want to see miracles. And I want to see, oh, you see what Elijah did. Oh, you saw what? You have to do what they did to get the same results that they got. Amen. You can't just sit there and hope and just hear the word. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Not being hearers only, but being doers of the word. If you are a hearer only, what does the Bible say? Does anyone know if, if you're a hearer only? Deceiving yourself. Amen. I'm glad I heard a lot of people say that answer. Amen, everybody. <laughs> you deceive yourself. No, not the devil's deceiving you. Not a demon's deceiving you. Not your enemy's deceiving you. Not CNN is deceiving you. And they are deceiving people. But it's not seeing it. You're deceiving yourself when you just hear the word and you don't do it. You deceive yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things in, in the Christian community, in the church, is that being a hearer only and not a doer. I think that's one of the biggest detriments. I think that's one of the biggest things is why we don't see the things we want to see is the body of Christ sitting and hearing and not doing. But I'm not saying this to make anyone feel a certain way. I'm saying this because... We, as the body of Christ, we, uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I meant to say, we want to edify each other. It says the fivefold ministry is for the equipping of the saints. That's what the word says. And so we want to see the doing. Amen? And so the Bible is full of people doing great things for God. But if it only stayed in their thoughts, in their prayer life, and in their words, we wouldn't read about it in the Bible. Because they wrote down all of these things that happened. They're all accounts of actions. They're all accounts of events. And if it had only stayed in the minds of the people and they never let it out and actually did that thing, we wouldn't even read about them. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be someone who's written about in history in the future. If the Lord tarries, I want to be written about this is what they did, this is what they did. Amen? And I believe you guys do too. Amen. So, I have another example. So, Pastor Mark was talking about this one time. He said, Papa Hagen, Kenneth e. Hagen, said, because uh, Pastor Mark was close with him, close with them, and in this huge, I don't know how many people were there, he says out loud, if you would read the Ephesians prayer at least once a day for six months, it would change your life. Pa- uh, Pastor Hagen says that that radically changed his life. It was like later on in his ministry too. He had already been ministering for a while. But when, when he started doing that, that's when his ministry took off and everything changed. And so he's giving this wisdom. He's giving this that you would want to grab a hold of. If a great man or woman of God gives you such wisdom, you need to grab that and you need to do it. Amen. How many people in there heard it? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. Went home, started leaving, get in their cars, already forgot about it. They heard it. They're thinking about what they're going to eat. They get home. And I'm not saying this to like rag on anyone. Sometimes, you know, you're thinking about the next thing and whatever. But Pastor Mark decided that he was going to be somebody who then went and did it. And what he said was, Pastor Hagen said, at least once a day, he said, I'm going to do it twice a day. Because he said, at least once a day. So he did every morning and every night. And Pastor Mark said it changed his life. You know, Pastor Mark, you see his ministry, he said it did the same, the same results that Hagen got by doing this. It's, it's the word. It's Ephesians. It works for every person that does it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. It says Jew nor Greek, male or female. It says that if you do this, if you work the word, the word will work for you. Amen? And so he, he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say that. I'm going to pray the Ephesians prayer twice every day for six months. And it changed his life. I'll give you another example. But, oh, but I'm going to say about that. How many people do you think were in there that didn't do that? Like how many people that could have took off in, in their life, in their ministry, not just ministry, in their own personal life, closer with the Lord, you know, whatever it is they're believing for. How many people could have took off with that too but didn't maybe? You know, we don't know. But uh, I have another example. Pastor Lynn Hammond she, uh, we were in SLC, some of us that are in here were in Louisiana, um, at the Supernatural Leadership Conference, SSLC, and in the mornings, they have prayer, and they teach on prayer, and then we pray, and so Pastor Lynn Hammond said to everybody, uh, she, she taught on interpretation of tongues. Now, I'm not gonna get super deep into it, this is just an example, <laughs> but she was talking about how a lot of us churches that are full of the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues and stuff, which is awesome, and that's great, and you need to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. But she was saying that so many of us do that, but not a lot of people grab a hold of the interpretation of the tongues, but it's just as readily available to us. And so not talking about the gift, the just talking about interpretation of tongues, whole other thing, not going to get into that. But she says, in the service, she says, uh, I want you guys to to pray in tongues, and then I want you to interpret. And she taught us how, and she was talking about it comes in pictures, or it can come in words, or it can come in, and she was kind of like teaching us. She was teaching us on it. Some of us, a couple of us that are here that were in SLC, decide we're going to go back to the room right after this is over, 
And uh, after the night service is over, we're going to go back to the room. We're going to get together. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost, and we're going to interpret. Because it's by your faith. Amen? And we decided without faith without works is dead. dead. We decided we weren't going to have no dead faith. So we went back to the room, and we thought, okay, well, if the woman of God tells you, go back to the room and uh, uh, interpret tongues, then that's what you need to do. So we went back to the room. We prayed in the Holy Ghost, and guess what happened? We interpreted tongues, amen, by the Holy Ghost. That changed my life radically. That, that changed my life because it was so readily available, and it was there the whole time, yet we never tapped into it because we just never really, I guess, thought into it that far that, that we could do that at any point of time. I mean, the same person who never spoke in, uh, has prayed in tongues might think that, oh, I, that's not for me, that's not for me. It's for you. It's for you, and you're just leaving the gift on the table. But I'm someone who says, I'm not leaving any gift on the table that's meant for me. I'm not leaving anything that Jesus did on the table. If it's for me, I'm taking it. Because if not, then you're taking what Jesus did and gave you, and you're letting it have be done in vain. That's what, t- With healing, I'm receiving every benefit of the cross. I'm not leaving nothing on the table. Amen? Because if you don't receive the gift he already paid for, he already bought it. He already gave it to you, and he gives it and allows you to choose it or not. You're letting it be bought in vain for nothing. It was for you. If you're not taking it, it was for nothing. You know? Amen? That's powerful. (laughs) Amen. So we went back, interpreted. Boom. Holy Ghost, readily available. Anyone that will tap into it. Amen? And so... Being a doer and not just a hearer, not just hearing something a pastor or a minister is saying, hey, go and do this, and just hearing and going, oh, that's good, and maybe that's for someone else. But it's for you. Amen? And so uh, I want you to go to James 122, please. James 122. Amen. That's powerful. (laughs) Verse 22, it says, but be doers. Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Yourself. So if you think that you'll get results, if you think you'll get Bible results and you're just a hearer, you are deceived. You are mad deceived that uh, you think you're going to actually get something when you're just hearing it and you're not doing it. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even please God without faith, but it says faith without works is dead. Faith without works is totally, absolutely dead. You can't even please God without doing, without actually putting an action to what you're having faith for, an action to what you're faithing for. Amen? And so I'll give you some examples because some people might be in here and maybe they've never heard exactly what do you mean like put action to it, to faith. I'll just give you an example. Let's say you're believing God for a car. Go to the dealership. Drive the car. You know, actually picture yourself doing that thing and actually make room for it. So I heard, uh, this was years ago, make room for the anointing. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I remember I was in the car. Uh, we were going soul winning. This is in college. And we were going soul winning. And some, uh, we all got in the car. And we're going to our soul winning spot destination. And um, this girl's, oh, what are you guys believing for? And this guy next to me, he's like, I'm believing for drums. And she's like, oh, you are? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So did you already make a spot in your house? Did you already, like, clear an area? This is where my drums are going to go. Move your stuff. He said, <laughs> "He said, no, I don't have any room for drums. 
in the car, we were like, what? <laughs> okay, so you're not, you don't have faith for drums. You hope one day you'll get drums. You hope, you hope that maybe a day you'll get drums, but you don't have faith for drums. You know, are you actually believing for that? Are you actually counting on it happening? Because faith counts it done. Faith counts it done before it's been. It actually says, this wasn't, this wasn't in here, but <laughs> it says uh, that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, right? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And so it's actually like, do I want to get into this? Let me see if I have time to get into this. <laughs> Chloe said, go, go, go. So <laughs> can you actually go to that scripture? It's in Hebrews 11.1. You get a star. (laughs) I love that. That's good. Hebrews 11.1. You know what? You can get there quicker. Okay, I'm going to look at yours. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so I was looking at this scripture before, that faith is the actual substance of the thing. (laughs) <laughs> I was looking at this and I was like, I've seen it so many times where I'm like, what does this actually mean? So I sat there at my desk a long time ago and I was like, but what does it actually mean, mean? And, <laughs> and all of a sudden I could see, Holy Ghost, faith is a substance of things hoped for. So what is the substance of something? So if there was a, like a spill on a table, you'd be like, and someone says, what is this substance? It means what is it made out of? What is it made out of? So faith is what things hoped for are made out of. That's how it's formed, is by faith. It's what it's made out of. And so um, the evidence of things not seen. So you could say, oh, well, if someone says, well, where is it? Your faith is the evidence. Like if you don't, it, it, you know, it's right here. What do you mean? And they're like, what are you talking about? I don't see it. My faith is the evidence that it's here. And so faith is a substance of things hoped for. I was looking at that and I realized Old Testament, they hoped for the Messiah. But now New Testament, we have faith in the Messiah. He is, the faith is a substance of things hoped for. Jesus, now we have faith in, is the substance. He is the exact thing that was hoped for. He's the substance of that hope, and we have faith in him. Amen? Okay, let's get back on to what was pre-written. Okay. (laughs) So, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith without works is totally dead. So, you got to make sure you put an action to it. It says in the last days, it says in Matthew, but we're not going to go there. It says in the last days that many will be deceived, even Christians. It says, if possible, even the elect is what it says. That many will be deceived. What does that word say? You deceive yourself if you're, not a hear- if you're just a hearer and you're not a doer of the word. So how many Christians in the last days, because they were only hearers and didn't actually do the word, are going to be deceived? The, we don't want that. You know, Pat, what did Pastor Dale say on Sunday? He said, he said, he's talking about when, he, when he's in heaven. He said, I better see all y'all there during the rapture. He's like, I better see all y'all there or I'm going to come kill you. So if you don't want to die or be raptured uh, uh, and then get killed again by Pastor Daryl, then you better make sure you're there. <laughs> don't be deceived. Amen. Be a doer of the word. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to save y'all's lives. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so if I were to say to you, if I were to say to you, you had to zip, close your mouth, cannot say one word, and I just showed someone your life, would they know you're a Christian? Would they be able to tell without you saying it to them? Would they be able to tell that you're a Christian? And I don't, don't feel condemned. I'm not talking about your past life. I'm not talking about if we took a reel of your entire life. The old, old has passed away. I'm talking about you, new creation you. I'm talking about covered in the blood you. That new creation, are you walking, are you doing the word? 
Are you actually doing it? Because a Christian is little Christ, Christ Christian. Christ means anointed. Shen is like little, (laughs) little anointed one is what the direct translation is. You are exactly like Jesus on this earth, or you are to be. And so you're being transformed to look just like him. So if we, if, if we took a look at your life, it's by your actions. If, we, if you couldn't say anything, would someone be able to see, would there be evidence that you're a Christian? So what is actually the Bible evidence? Bible evidence that you love God. What's the, because you pray, because you spend time with him, those are good, because you read your word, that's good, because you, you, you uh, uh, fellowship with other Christians, I don't know, good things, all these good things, right, because you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control, the fruit of the spirit, is that why? No, what's the biblical evidence that you love God? Exactly. Obey his commandments. That's what the word says. The, this is the way that you can tell that you love God. If you say in here, I love God. I'm sure a lot of us in here say, I love, you wouldn't be here. I would say you wouldn't be here if you didn't love God. I love God. He's, he said the way to see that you actually love God is that you actually obey his commandments. It's good to read it. You're supposed to read it. Meditate in the word day and night. You're supposed to read it, but if you're not doing it, it doesn't actually even show. No one could actually even tell, see that you love God. It's it's like in the same way. Let me see if I want to go there. Yeah, I do. It's like in the same way that uh, you know, if you look at someone's life, just just be real, right? Be be real for a second. If you're talking, if you see someone on the street or something, and you're talking to someone, you you could say out of your mouth like, "Oh, they're saved" or "they're unsaved." Like you see someone doing something, you're like, "Oh." you're thinking, okay, they're unsaved, they're heathens, because they're doing heathen stuff, right? They're doing heathen stuff, heathen, right? So <laughs> so if you see someone doing heathen stuff, and you don't go, they probably love God, right? They, they probably love the Lord with all their heart, right? No, why? Because their actions show you. Their actions show you if you love God. Now, works do not get you saved, works does not get you saved it is by grace through faith amen not that anyone should boast works don't get you saved but once you're saved you will have the works it's just backwards religion is backwards religion says you have to try and do good and people a lot of people here have grown up like that I know a lot of people here have grown up being told you better be good like like You better be good or or, doing good is great. Doing good is good, but but it doesn't get you saved. And so, however, once you are saved, there ought to be works that are fruit showing that you're saved. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to say it's good to take a fruit inventory. You know, has anyone ever worked at a store and had to take inventory of the stock? I know you have. (laughs) Yes. So... At a store, in order to know if you're, how you're doing, to how, how are you doing, you take inventory of your stock. Are these selling? We got five, 10 of them in. One of them sold. Is that doing well? Okay, these, all of these sold out. You take stock to see how the store is doing. We need to have self-evaluation. Um, self-evaluation. Take a, a, a fruit inventory. How's my fruit doing? Am I, am, if you're a fruit stand and you're supposed to be giving out fruit, go and check this. Am I, am I, am I actually bearing fruit? 
a lot of times as a Christian, we think we're doing good. And if you're not self-evaluating, you can be riding on the things you were doing before. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So if someone would say, oh, are you a prayer? Oh, yeah, I'm a prayer warrior. I know how to pray. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I know how to pray in tongues. Awesome. Within the last week, how much would you say you prayed and spent time with God? Last week. Okay. Uh, last week. Uh, ask, okay. Ask me about like a couple months ago. Ask me about, can you, can we real, can we go back to that one? Okay. It's good that you did a couple months ago, but it has to be a continual fellowship. It has to be a continual thing. And a lot of times we feel like we're doing good and don't realize how much time has passed since we really got in the word, since we really sat down and spent time and dug into the word. Since when, when was the last time you really fellowship with the Lord and really, I mean, it's like, because we did it before, it, you think you're in the same place. But over time, you don't realize that there, was a, there, there could be a drift. It happens in relationships. It happens in relationships that if you don't check uh, what's going on, have date nights, have, you know, whatever it is, then there can be a drift that you don't notice until there's space, until you don't really know each other. You don't, what, what happened? There wasn't any evaluation in any of that time. And so there was a drift that was unnoticed, like a slow leak in a tire, Right? And so a lot of times because you have done these things, you feel like you do are doing those things until you look back. And if it was on paper and given to you, and then you would notice, oh, wait a second. Oh, wow, that's true. And this is just, hey, this isn't, I'm not trying to, I'm not coming at you. I'm just, I want you to evaluate your fruit. I want you to see and actually uh, be able to determine, am I bearing fruit so that you can bear more fruit? Actually, Jesus, to, uh, for you to bear more fruit, what does he actually do? Prunes. He takes out stuff. What? How, how does that make sense? He's taking, he's taking out that bad fruit because if he doesn't, it'll, it'll rot the other ones. And so it, pruning in the moment feels not good, like it's a not good thing, but it's a very good thing. Because then you can actually yield more fruit. Amen? So taking a self-evaluation, some fruit inventory. Like another example, have you been... You know, oh, have you been agitated lately? You've been touchy? Have you been kind of touchy with people? Things like that. Because the word says that love is not irritable. It's not touchy. It's patient. It's kind. And so if you take a moment, man, I was, I was being kind of irritable. I was being kind of touchy. And you actually take a self-evaluation. You know, if you're aggravated and you're, t- and you're irritable and you're, and you're being touchy and you're being offended easily, um, you, I would say... <laughs> It's really that you haven't probably been in his presence and been fellowshipping with the Lord like you were when you were full of joy and you were full of peace. And you came out of that prayer closet and you wanted to hug every person because right when you come out, you're like, oh, I love you and I love you and you're so great and I love everybody, right? And, and I mean, Jesus walked in that. He was full of compassion. Have you been full of compassion? Have you, have you thought, have you been thinking about the people you've been passing by? Have you been thinking about your family members, how you said that to them? quickly and kind of touchy and kind of whatever and left yeah and so really taking a self-evaluation and 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 it's good because then you just say you know what I know what I need I need to go get in the presence of my father and he's so good you just open the doors are just open 
The veil has been torn. You can go into there at any point in time. You don't got to book an appointment. You just go in there. You already, <laughs> you're married. His house is your house. His, his space is your space. Amen. And so it's so good. <laughs> Pastor Lisa just texted me. <laughs> it's so good that you can literally just go into the presence of the Lord and, uh, and, and come out just full of his love and his grace and his patience and exactly as God is you can be and you're being transformed to the very image so now you come out and you're just like Jesus and because you've been spending time with him and when you're spending time with your friends you I was telling someone this at Bible school uh, last night it, you start to uh, if you're talking to your friends you start talking like them you start laughing like them you start acting like them saying things that they say because you spend time with them same thing with the Lord you spend time with the Lord you start talking like him you start thinking God thoughts you start saying God's words you start doing the things God did Jesus said I only do what I see my father do amen I only do what my father I only say what my father said to say Amen? And so we, we can be just like that. We walk out and I know I, I, what I said was the right thing because my father said to say it. And you don't have to have that, oh, maybe should I have said it like that? Because you've spent time with the Lord. You have the, you think, like, you can even think God's thoughts. That's, man, to even think God's thoughts. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but oh, it kind of does. It's so powerful to me. If you look in the word, it says that the children of Israel knew uh, uh, God's uh, actions but that Moses knew his ways. And every time I read that, that gets me. I know when I first got born again, that my heart's cry. My very, the number one priority was, God, I want to know you. I just want to know you. I just want to know you. And it becomes, I want to be like you. Amen. I want to be like you to other people. I want other people to look at me and see Jesus. I want them to hear me and hear Jesus. To walk in the same compassion as Jesus. Amen. That's powerful. And so... You know, you might think, oh, I'm good, I'm good. But really to take that, that, that self-inventory. And so um, another example, I'll give you another example. You know, when's the last, if you could think right now, when's the last time you got upset? Just, I don't know, it's not like the most pleasant thought, but the, la- the last time you actually got upset, how long did it take till you reconciled that or came back or apologized or whatever, three days? Okay, let's make it two. Let's make it one. Let's move on, move forward so that we're actually growing to look more like Jesus and not continuing in the same way that we've always, you know, maybe always been. But let's go from doxa to doxa. Let's look more like him and more like him. Amen. And so uh, I I was talking to someone. (laughs) I was talking to someone who is grown. They're grown and they've, they've been in church and um, in this certain area in their lives, if you talk to them and, you know, say you bring that up, or hey, maybe it's like, well, you know, the Lord is still working on me. The Lord is still working on me. In that area for seven years? The Lord been working on that area for seven years? The Lord does a quick work. The Lord, it says he's faithful to complete what he started. It's a, I mean, I don't think that's the Lord. I'm just saying, I don't think that's the Lord working on you. I think you're not allowing the Lord to work on you. Can you put up the picture of the stone? I never, <laughs> we have so many photos and I didn't put any of them up. So this is a stone before it's sculpted. This is the stone before it's sculpted. Now, uh, I need an example person. Yes. <laughs> My youthens. <laughs> okay. I don't have, you know what? I should have got a nail and like a hammer, but I didn't. So this is a nail and a hammer. 
Okay, so I want you to act look like a statue. So kind of, I don't know, whatever a statue looks like. Perfect. Wow, what a good statue. <laughs> so <laughs> you're being transformed. You're being molded. So at first you might, you know, you're looking like that, like a stone. Now what you want to look like, can you throw up the picture of the full person? It's actually David, but the finished, the finished work. <laughs> so this is what you're going to look like. But that stone is what you first looked like. So this is what they do. They're like, ching, 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 king, until a little piece falls off. Ching, 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 king, until a little piece falls off. Now, you're allowing the Lord, yeah, yeah, right here, hit the bicep, yeah, 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 right here, my calf, right? But till the Lord does like, you know, ching, 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 ching. oh, no, no, ooh, ooh, not right there, not right there, not right there, not right there. Or like, oh, just right here, oh, no, no, not, not, mm, not that piece. Go back to the bicep. <laughs> go back to the, go back to the heel. You know, I'm good, I'll do the heel. Thank you, you're good. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> And so sometimes there's pieces where there's areas that you're really good at letting the word work on you at. You're really good in that area. And that's awesome. Can you throw up the, the in-between? But this is what you will stay looking like. You will walk around looking like this unfinished statue because you said, yeah, keep working on that bicep. Yeah, keep working right there, right there. He ain't even got a face. He doesn't, you're walking around faceless because you let him work on certain parts and not other parts. You let him, let him work in, in that area, but not that area. Oh, the anger, anger management. Oh, I don't know, you know, get angry kind of quick. You're not very patient. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's just my, that's my personality. <laughs> that's not your personality. That's not your personality. <laughs> well, if it is your personality, allow the Lord to, to ding, 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 change your personality. Amen. <laughs> because if you're going to ever... Come to the full maturity look just like Jesus. If you're ever going to get to that point, you have to let him work on that. And you're on the, you are the only one hindering him. You are the one in your way. Lord, show me who's hindering me. Puts a mirror. What? You're the one hindering you if you're not doing his word. If you're not allowing the Lord to transform you by his word into the very image of his son Jesus. Amen. Oh, man, I got I have a lot to... Okay, glory. All right. See, I said glory, but not doxa. So I didn't go back. I didn't actually tell you. <laughs> I never told you. So the word when we say glory, meaning like the weighty, the, the tangible presence of the Lord, that's kabod. That means weight. It means splendor. When it talks about in the word, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, which the kind of glory was here. <laughs> glory. Which kind of glory was here. And we all came up to the front, and you could tell that that presence that's the kabod. That's not doxa. That's kabod. That's the tangible way. It talks about fire on Mount Sinai. That's kabod. That's another kind of glory. And I, I was like, oh, let me tell y'all what that one is. So when we're like, oh, the glory, the glory, Lord, you're usually talking about kabod. You're not usually talking about doxa. But this here is talking about doxa. From attributes and appearances to the next attribute and appearance until you look like Jesus. Okay. Amen. So if you go to Romans 8, 28 through 29, and we're going to, like, wrap it up here. Yeah, I'll just, no, I want to look at mine. <laughs> so I got this pink Bible, and it's been my Bible since a long time. Done glued it and uh, taped it a lot of times. It looks like, whoo. But 
I bought, I think a piece just fell off. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd be finding pieces of my Bible everywhere. So I actually have another one. And it's beautiful and it's black and it like looks all nice and stuff. And um, I bought it, uh, I got it to uh, be my preaching Bible. That's why I got it. So it could be my preaching Bible. And then I open it up and I'm like, I don't know where anything is. And this has like everything. I know where everything. I could, you just put your finger and then you're already to the right thing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I know it's like, but it's my Bible. Amen. All right, Romans 8.28. Let's go to it. So it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. How do we know we love God? Okay, so I'm going to change it to this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who are doers of the word. Amen. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. If he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So... I preached this in youth the other the other night that Jesus, I mean, seed time and harvest. God made seed time and harvest. He knows how seed time and harvest works. God used seed time and harvest. It's not only in finances. He used the same principle. He took Jesus and planted him as a seed, his only son, his firstborn son, and gained many sons and daughters. He placed Jesus as a seed as his one and only son and gained a harvest of many sons. Amen. You reap what you sow. He sowed. He sowed his very best. He sowed his very best. So we ought to, not that this is a message of going back to finances, but it does because offering you sow your very best because you sow into what you love. And God loved you so much he gave his very best. Amen. So it says, all things work together to those who love God, doers of the word. If you're a doer of the word, it's going to work out. And then he, uh, he also predestined uh, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn, that he might be the seed, and then you would look just like him. So he sowed Jesus, but he wanted more Jesuses. <laughs> so he sowed him so he could have you do the same works as Jesus and be, uh, well, to bring you back to the Father, to have that relationship back with the Father. But you would do uh, the very same works as his son and be as close to him as his son. It says in the word that God actually loves you as much as he loves Jesus. It says that he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Let that sink in. A lot of times people separate themselves so much from Jesus. Well, that's Jesus. Well, that's Jesus. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. Hmm, I'm trying to think if I want to dive into the next thing. Hmm. Mm, okay. Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go for it. So, <laughs> well, already I was already explaining to y'all that you know, saved, being saved isn't uh, through works, but that after you are saved, that there is works, and that religion says outside in. Same thing with righteousness. A lot of times, people feel like what they're doing is what makes them righteous, and they feel unrighteous other days. They're unworthy. But actually, it comes from the inside out, and you've actually already been made righteous. And so you're not trying to work for it, but you're actually, the Bible, the other verse that says, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, it says, Pastor Darrell has said this, and I thought it was so good, work out your salvation. So it's on the inside, your spirit, you're already saved, now you're working it to the outside so everyone else can see that you're saved. Amen. And so you're actually working out what's already been placed in you. Same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. 
It, also, it says in Romans 5.5, 5, it says the uh, love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. It's already on the inside of you. You're now working it out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is inside of you, and now you're working it out. It, it, you have the ability, but now you just need to do what's already on the inside. You need to actually let it out and uh, be a doer of that word, and then you can reap the benefits of it. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's do it. Romans 3.3. 3. Romans 3.3. 3. <laughs> so in youth, I always... <laughs> In youth, I sing the scriptures, and I just did it again. And it's so funny because, like, each week I go to tell them what the scriptures, and I'm like, Romans 3, 3, and I'll just, like, say it because I'm flipping to it, and I just, like, subconsciously, I don't even think about it, I just sing it. And I thought before tonight, what if I sing it in the in the main? And I, I just did. Okay. No one probably would have caught it, but I did. Romans 3, 3. Oh, did I put the wrong thing again? Oh, I sure did. That is not the right scripture. What did I write? I don't know why I wrote that down. Hold on, let me find it. <laughs> oh, man. It says, well, anyway, where did it go? Oh, you know what? That's First Corinth- That's Second Corinthians. I know exactly where it is. Boom. It's Second Corinthians 3.3. 3. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, Second Corinthians 3.3. 3. This is Paul talking, about, talking to the people, church in Corinth. Clearly, you're an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the flesh, that is, of the heart. So that of which the the law of sin and death, that which the letter could not do, that which was a rule book saying, do this and don't do that, what it couldn't do, now the Spirit has written on your hearts, and now you can do it. Because now he's actually put it on the inside of you. And that's why he needed to do that, because it never worked. It never worked trying to do it from the outside. It never worked people who are an unrenewed people trying to do good. Never worked. And so instead, he says, we're not doing it from the outside. Now we're going to do it from the inside out. We're going to start it on the inside, and they're going to work it out from the inside. And so he's given you the ability. He's fully equipped you. You are able to show the love of God, which has been shed abroad in your heart. The word that is not now written with ink, but now written by the spirit of God in your heart. And now you are able to obey the commandments. You are able to do his word because now it's on the inside of you. You don't have to look for it anywhere else. You don't have to try and strive for it. Religion Religion that says outside in works to get to God is the same religion that says we have to get to God, but God came to us. Religion is so backwards because every other religion that's not true, that's exactly what they do. They are trying to reach God, a God. They're trying to reach a God because that God doesn't actually reach out to you. It actually says in the Old Testament, they have uh, talking about these uh, statues and things that they've made, these idols, idols that they've made. It says in the Old Testament, I actually really love this scripture. It says they have ears, but they do not hear. They have eyes, but they do not see. I just find that so powerful. And I, when I, I'll, be, I'll be praying and sometimes I say, God, I thank you that you have ears and you do hear and you have eyes that you do see, that you listen to us, that you hear us, that you're here with us, that you're close, that you know us. Amen. That's so powerful that we serve the one true living God. Amen, that he knows you inside and out, that we get to serve the actual true God, that we get to know him and he knows us. God knows us, but something that's so powerful I think about all the time is that we get to know God. 
his ways, his thoughts. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. Oh, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up right about there, actually. <laughs> so, hallelujah. I'm going to pray. Amen. Father, I thank you that every person that is in here are doers of the word. I thank you that they are not hearers only. I thank you I'm not in a room full of people who deceive themselves. I thank you that they hear it and they speak it and they do it. I thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them. I thank you they walk in those plans and purposes. I thank you that their hearts cry, God, is let my will be your will, God, that it'd be one and the same. That if you looked at our will and looked at your will, it would be the same image, just like us being transformed into the same image of your son. Thank you that these in here are looking, sounding, thinking just like Jesus, that as we read the word and we let the word read us, the perfect mirror, the law of liberty, it says, I thank you, Lord, that it's written in our hearts and that we then do it, that we don't just sit and hear the word and go day by day, week by week, being the same, but that we actually are bearing fruit, that people can look at our lives and say they serve God, they love God. Father, I thank you that they have this revelation. In Jesus' mighty name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.